hey, I'm new here. Thanks for being my mentor. Although I guess it's randomly assigned and, and compulsory. Anyway, do you know how to make my vision dog free? Do you mean fog free? Your optic should have anti-fog coating if your body is newly issued. Is the coating malfunctioning? Oh, no, no. I meant like literally dog free. There's a lot of dogs here somehow, but they don't seem to be real ones. The humans I've asked say that the things I'm seeing as dogs are actually non-dogs. At least I, th I think I was asking humans. They might've been dogs. Anyway, I tried searching city filled with dogs help, but I just got some tips on traveling to dog friendly place. Did you know that we're the fifth most canine hostile city in the region? In A Guide to Working Breeds by Vinaj Jimin Prasad, a chat log between robots reveals a budding friendship. You've got a little time. We've got a little podcast. It's Short Story Short Podcast. My name is Christopher J. Garcia, and today I am here with... Kristen Lynn Baxter. <sighs> I didn't know you had a middle name. A lot of people do. It's it's kind of a, it, it, it was a fad at one point. Bless it. But, you know, <laughs> hey, Christy. Yes? If I were a Hugo-nominated short story instead of the Hugo-nominated fanzine editor that I am. Oh, we're doing uh, this again? <laughs> <laughs> oh, forever. Um. <laughs> I can't blame you. I would too. Keep going. Go ahead. Don't let me stop. Oh, excellent. Um, what story would I imbibe to infuse myself with more Hugo nomination? Imbibing a story sounds so fun. And I would imbibe A Guide to Working Breeds by Vina Jimin Prasad. And let me say one thing just off the bat. This story is adorable. It is. I. It's delightful. And that's one of the things that this is a story that if you go in unable to appreciate this form, you are going to not enjoy this story. It is in the form of a chat log. And as some people may believe or not, um, I actually use things like Messenger continually throughout the day. Uh, and so this is a natural form for me, but I could understand others having trouble with that. But regardless, we are given characters who are absolutely fascinatingly human in their roboticism. <laughs> yes, they are. And they have personalities and those personalities are disparate and they're capable of change and they're capable of insight. And it's just so wonderful and makes me feel really bad about all the times I've yelled at my Google machine. It had it coming. Um, yeah. remember, once you give personality to a object of any sort that has any sort of functionality that it can interact with you some are going to be good some are going to be jerks um it's fascinating that all the jerks are google um, <laughs> yes they are yeah and this is the the best part of this story though i think for me is how fascinatingly human these characters are and how they constantly keep changing the their aspects and their name also. <laughs> yeah, there's there's almost sort of a teenage quality to it, you know, that that thing that you do and a lot not everybody's done it, but I think a lot of people have done it when you're trying to find your identity and one of the most 
vital things to your identity, one of the most base basic things is your name. And so either you change your name and you know, or ask people to call you a nickname, or you change the spelling. I can remember fooling around with seeing how K-R-Y-S-T-Y looked, and thank God I decided I did not like it. <laughs> so yeah, they have that that same sense of searching for identity, which I feel is the most human thing of all. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that this is, I honestly 100% believe this is a coming of age story and thus fits in with so many other coming of age stories we've talked about. Um, less murder in this one, which is nice. Um, I think there's some murder. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe, but it, is it really murder? Can you really say that? I mean, we don't see it. It's just kind of alluded to and mentioned. So it's not like bloody or gory or anything like that. So it doesn't really change the tone. It's just kind of abstract. But yeah, so some maybe some murder or killing for purposes. I didn't quite I didn't quite understand that aspect of it, of, of this particular society. But it was fine because the the robots were so adorable. Yeah, exactly. And there's this whole uh, sort of progression. This is one of the game, one of the uh, stories that seems to be taking game and in particular in this case, uh, MMORPG themes and playing with them, which I think is really cool uh, that you have these sort of elements that definitely seem to refer to stuff that people do in gaming. I mean, a chat log uh, definitely speaks to that. And also the names <laughs> do sort of fall into that category too. Uh, one of my, by the way, favorite things, I really want there to be a site called Ask a Robot. Uh, <laughs> Because I just want to start asking them questions, like, constantly. It's the 2021 version of Ask Jeeves. That's very true. Or you may remember uh, the classic uh, video series, Ask a Ninja, which was just phenomenal. If you ever wanted to know things about ninjas, you should ask mm. one. <laughs> you should. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I think this story really does something phenomenal that stands out among recent uh, uh, Hugo nominees and Hugo winners is that it is so much about the type of person who is reading these stories. And uh, it's because it's sort of adorable. It has, I don't want to say it has a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It probably starts with an M. Uh <laughs> It doesn't Miasma. <laughs> oh, great choice. Visceral. Uh, that's the word. It starts with M. Um, no. It has this sort of almost stream of consciousness to it that works within the voice of the people. Because this story definitely appeals to a younger reader. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, while it's, I wouldn't say it's YA, I will say that it definitely assumes certain things of the people who are going to connect with this story, that they can parse a chat log type situation, that they have uh, a, the ability to actually believe that you can uh, connect as humans through a textual interchange like this. And it makes me think of the film Her, uh, where there's the a great discussion between the robot or the uh, AI programs and that sort of thing. Although 
Here's what I really love about dogs. Dogs, yes. The, the, the doggos make an appearance, the good boys. And they, they're, they're sort of uh, this, this secondary character uh, that, that you know, brings uh, these two robots together in a way. It's, it's the first thing they sort of are able to really bond over, I think. And so, yeah, I think bringing dogs into it. Can you imagine if, if the author had decided on cats instead? Yes, and actually it was a couple of years ago, there was a story, I think it was nominated, it might have even won, called Cat Pictures, Please by uh, Naomi Kritzer, uh, which won back in 2016. And it's an adorable story. Uh, so great. Uh, she's from St. Paul, I had no idea. Um, hmm. This is nothing but asides. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just a series of asides. Yes, Um if, if we titled episodes, this would be called a series of asides. Um, yes, yes, it is. But that's fine. You got to have those episodes every once in a while. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But I love uh, the things that definitely mark this as a very knowing of the millennial and post-millennial crowd. Um, some phrases that are used that definitely prove that to me. Oh, that's old chonkster. Uh, definitely like... Okay, that sets a tone. You know for a fact that it's going to be uh, that it's going to be uh, appealing to a group that would use the word chonkster as a <laughs> as a signifier of a chonky cat. Aww. A chonky cat. I have a chonky cat. And you have a chonky cat. My cats are somewhat chonky. They are mostly sleepy. <laughs> is the the fascinating part? There's yeah. Oh, go on. I was just to say, shockingly, Hemingway is a chonky cat. I would have no doubt that he would be. Desperately keeping away from the five Hemingway puns I have in my head right now. If you want, I could, you know, just shoot one over to you. Do whatever you want, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's funny because it's sad. There's also something here that's a little bit deeper about uh, encapsulation, about what uh, informs who and what you are. And in this case, it's exactly these robotic, these robots and how they can sort of form themselves their own identity. And that plays, of course, into the coming of age concept. It plays into the how do two seemingly disparate approaches towards being what they are, uh, how do they come together? And I think that really becomes a really fun theme that she plays with in this one. Yeah, they they are. It's, it's very much... Uh, sort of to honestly it actually is kind of a, a trope in in YA especially those with with romances which let's face it is is almost all of them mm-hmm. and, and particularly you know like dystopian post-apocalyptic stuff like that that you have you know kind of naive innocent sort of uh generally a female who uh, you know a girl who's heading out into this world that she doesn't know and is, is is more than she thought and more dangerous than she thought and then she always finds the the reserved taciturn man boy whatever and you know he teaches her about the world and I'm starting to get kind of grossed out right now um, <laughs> but <laughs> but it is sort of that but in a more weirdly wholesome way because it's robots and and yeah it it, it they both they they have those they fill those roles, the two robots here, you know, the one that starts out as default name and the one that starts out as constant killer and really writing a, a young adult 
novel with some romance where the the love interest is named constant killer is now my new goal and the ending i think is is just exceptionally fun because it's just a brief little glimpse of those sort of changes that are are happening that make it so much i guess more relatable that you know the teacher has become the master idea i guess Mm -hmm. Yeah, and there's a, a companionship and sort of a hominess to, to, together that they have achieved by by leaving and, and finding another place to live where there are more dogs, apparently. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I also love that when we get to see the exact phrasing, oh, right, that mentor thing. <laughs> Guess I'm one now. <laughs> Wait, that wasn't very mentory, mentorly. Uh, okay, okay, let's try again. Yep, I'm your new mentor. Been around for ages. Super experienced. Howdy, mentee. I mean, <laughs> that is straight up first time on your first shift at the Wawa. Uh, <laughs> meet the new person you just hired. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, that, that, sounds, that sounds right. It's like, it's like first stepping into a managerial role where you were like, are you sure I'm adult enough for this? Because I was just watching cartoons and eating Frosted Flakes like two days ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think that that really, that little exchange just made me made me smile a lot because it's so familiar. I personally, if we're picking out favorites, I loved when Default Name was talking about, you know, learning the ways of the, the coffee shop and being in a barista and reported back to to the mentor that so it turns out you have to be mean but only in strangely specific ways that appeal to humans and don't threaten the status quo yep (laughs) oh food service (laughs) yes i've never had to do it nope oh you're lucky food service i have i have served people food and uh the it's it's a job i had a dream of being the overnight guy at a 7-Eleven. That was was a dream of mine and it never happened. I consider it my greatest failing. (laughs) I mean, all those slushies. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) Yes. Does that, does the phrase, I know, right, ever pop up in here? I don't think it does. I don't remember seeing it. Oh, I can can do a quick control F. I know, I know about humans and... No, I know right does not pop up. And it's Uh, interesting to me also that there's not really, she chose to stay away from sort of, you know, like the the internet's abbreviation acronym world that we live in uh, and and didn't, uh, you know, there weren't any LOLs, there weren't any IKRs, BRB, BTW, I could go on, obviously. And so there's none of that that I think was probably an intentional choice because that might have been too distancing for, you know, the readers who aren't in the specific, you know, millennial, Gen X, whatever generations, that might've been a step too far because it was already, it's already a, a little, I'm sure probably terrifying to write something without capitalization or most terminal punctuation. <laughs> yes. Which man, Terminal punctuation has a place, and that place is anywhere but a story I'm reading. Uh, <laughs> what we need is good endings and declensions. That, that'll help the language. Um, Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Any last thoughts on this one? 
uh, as we are delving into this this raft of, of Hugo nominated works, I'm starting to feel very daunted by the by the idea of voting, which is not something that I'm even qualified to do. So it's not a problem. But I have a feeling that at the very end of this, you're going to ask me. So if you are voting, what would you vote for? And I'm just going to sit here like, I don't know, because this is so far so good. These have been excellent, excellent stories. We've only read two so far, but I I have very high expectations now going going forward because this has been these have been really wonderful, wonderful tales. Well told. And don't you worry, we're going to get you a supporting membership show. You'll get to vote and we'll force your hand. <laughs> oh boy. All right. Gonna hold me hostage. Gun to my head. Vote for a story. <laughs> we won't use a gun. We'll instead just use critical gaze. Eh, well, I'm I'm pretty much just as susceptible. <laughs> <laughs> Hard glare or a bullet. Either one can take me down. <laughs> All right. What did hey, I do Chris- wrong? <laughs> Hey, Christy, what, what, what are we going to read next week? Uh, I will tell you in a moment because I do have the website open, I believe, but that you sent me with mm-hmm. all the, where? I mean, I've got the Wikipedia page for patricide open, but not that. <laughs> I, don't know. I really, really, really want you to publish your uh, search history. <laughs> Oh Lord, that would be something. That would absolutely be something. I have a, I have two true crime podcasts. It gets, it gets gnarly up in here sometimes. I mean, yesterday I had the Wikipedia lists of patricides that have been committed, postal murders, rampage killings, all of them up for reasons for, mm-hmm. you know. And then there was the stuff you were doing for true crime. Yeah, yeah, that's that's not even counting all the all the murder research. So, okay, A Little Free Library by Naomi Kritzer is what we're going to read next week. Excellent. So looking forward to it now that she's, you know, been mentioned here already. (laughs) And now a frequent flyer of this podcast. That's right. We haven't named a patron saint yet, so let's keep her in mind. She's on the list, for sure. Yeah. It's not O. Henry, though, because that would be ironic. I'm really gunning for Joyce Carol Oates. I know you won't let me, but I am. (laughs) Dang it. Yeah, we'll see. And then we'll have to get fan art of of Joyce Carol Oates holding our thing. Uh, But that's neither here nor there. Well then, I guess until next week, this has been Short Story. Short Podcast.